the Podjectivity Network. I was listening to check, check. a rewatchables episode and it was about Spotlight, the greatest movie of all time. And uh it's gotta be up there with the greatest movies of all of our modern age, we'll say. It's perfectly done. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that movie. It's pretty perfect. I don't know if it's in that like I mean, is it as good as like Star Wars? Yes. Or like uh The Godfather. Well, it's a different genre. Like, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. But I was it made me think about one thing they were gushing over is newspaper movies. I also love newspaper movies. Mm-hmm. And I love the old timey if you have something to say to someone, you get up and walk over to their desk and talk to them mm. rather than just shoot them a text mm-hmm. real quick. Uh and doing footwork, journalism. You sit at your desk and just call. Yep. cold make, call people trying to get a calls. comment mm-hmm. and try to get somebody to corroborate that comment. And one thing that they talked about yes. was the way that you consume news during those days was you picked up a newspaper, read some things. For me, it was comics and lifestyle section. And then you put it down and you don't think about the news or talk about the news or look at more news for like six hours Mm -hmm. and then maybe at the end of the day you get another dose of news and that's it and how it just got me thinking how we consume I don't do this but most people consume news now as if it's oxygen Mm. just a steady intake of that's a good whether it's everybody or a lot of people Mm -hmm. i wonder how many people are consuming news at that pace because i have rejected it entirely maybe we've talked about that before yes so i've gone completely uh blacked out my windows yeah uh (laughs) tinfoil tinfoil there we go there we go not just for hats tinfoil over the windows like you I just don't leg warmers. I just don't want to know <laughs> and it's remarkable how light that helps make you feel mm-hmm. when you just fucking don't know because unless it's Ebola has made it to these shores right it just doesn't matter to your to your life anyway well, well that I think is the I problem about that of 24 hour news channels and yes constant stream of news is that it all becomes static it's Yes. You can't tell the difference between what's relevant and what's not because it's all presented as extremely relevant. Yes. It and all is the headline. A breaking story every quarter hour. Correct. Where's the where's the line between staying informed and being a junkie? You know, it's mm. just sort of being like a kid who can't put their phone down, just needing distraction all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know how how to walk back the 24 hour news cycle. I don't under it's so not good for news and not good for people and not good for anything. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to walk it back. Like what are the steps to take? Cuz we should start taking them now. You can control your own consumption, 
for one thing. Well, I've already yeah. done that, but I'm here to fix the world, yeah, not let's my fix own life. Else. How many times have I told the <laughs> Dick Higgs, uh, the old yarn about Dick Higgs in the news? Mm, zero times. Okay. Maybe. Do tell. Something, tell it again if you have. Something he told me. Uh, man, this must have been. Must have been the 90s. Let's just say the 90s. I can't say exactly when. But he felt the direction things were going Mm. with news and that it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And his take was that when I was a kid, he was born in the 30s, you'd go to town on Saturday and go to a matinee maybe a double feature and there would be newsreels Mm. i'm sure i've told this in in another one about media but so i'll make it quick you would see a newsreel that there was a hurricane in the philippines and that might that might have happened six months ago or like a year ago and not knowing about it didn't bother you you just didn't know it didn't matter your Mm. world was smaller the entire globe was not your at your fingertips hmm. and you, you didn't feel any pain or loss for people in a hurricane on the other side of the globe. But now every time raindrops fall, they break in and tell you that it, you might want to think about going to the basement and they've got it pinpointed down to like, it's over three houses in this County. They, <laughs> they zoom you into it all under the guise of, you know, safety, I suppose. But it's to show off their tools and their. But it's also anyway. That the point is, people didn't used to just not know a lot of stuff, and it just didn't bother them. And that has affected me here in my later life mm. with the foil over the windows. I think it's blended so completely into sales that they're selling information as in as shiny as a way of possible. Weather has to be shiny. Sports has to be shiny. Politics has to be shiny. Disasters are shiny. Even when nothing's happening and they're like, we're outside the Walmart. We're going to ask this woman about the pair of socks that she just bought because it's getting cold outside. And, (laughs) you know, this is our lifestyle segment. It's like, that's shiny. I can't stand the sales aspect of it where they're always trying to sell to get the eyeballs on the screen. Mm-hmm. It just is so unhealthy. I want to go back to print. What would a, how would a how would a news source sustain itself if they're like, you'll hear from us when we've got something worth reporting? Yes. I'd be like, sign you me You know, up. it's hard to say because everyone's too afraid. Everyone is so busy flooding the zone that no one is going to be like, what if we just pulled back a little? Like, it, yeah. Is everything news all the time? Really? It's but that's not. But yes. How do you unring that bell? How do you get that toothpaste back in the tube? We'll only send you a notification. Yeah. If it's disaster level 10 or something amazing happens, like we discovered another moon orbiting the earth or. That would be. Yeah. Little green men and women. <laughs> right. Then you'll get a notification on your phone. Cisgendered green people. <laughs> Landing on Earth. <laughs> I've always kind of pictured aliens as cis, as cisgendered. No, not cisgendered, uh, where they can make themselves amorphous, um, reproduce. 
Is that what the word is? I think there's a room for that at the Don Q. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a term for it, but I, I can't pull it are, up. Are aliens real? Dan? Well, a few months ago... Oh, that footage? The Donald... And, I mean, I just attribute it to the Donald. They, they like, pulled some stuff out of Area 51 and said, we've got some video of UFOs, and nobody gave a fuck. (laughs) Everybody was like, this president sucks so bad. Uh, Here's all this footage. It didn't even make a dent. Unidentified flying objects from the libraries of the U.S. government. Yeah, it's like. Here's some footage from the nose of a military jet. (laughs) With materials that cannot be found on this planet. With with (laughs) audio of the pilots going, holy shit, Buzz, did you just see that? Over. Right. Like, we don't have anything that can fly like that. Over. (laughs) And it didn't even, people did not even pump the brakes. Why? Out of, we got to get rid of Trump. And so you could say that he threw that out there. They were going to, open up some kennedy documents too it's been 50 years or why aren't we all panicked or excited and i thought some of that stuff was going to get the the clock on that was coming up and then that some documents were going to get revealed from the uh, archives or the vault or whatever the Mm -hmm. uh and uh that came and went like a sunrise and a sunset just nobody cared I think people are maybe already have made up their minds about UFOs and aliens. The people who believe were like, yeah, of course. And the people that don't believe are like, it's fake. So what? So many angles. (laughs) Did was. I hate the phrase. I hate being a person that uses the phrase the administration. Mm. Like you're a news person or something. But. Did the administration from the administration? <laughs> did the administration roll out that alien stuff in an attempt to like deflect the news for that day? Maybe. And it simply didn't like nobody cared. It's real footage, I'm sure. Yeah. But they did. No, I missed it. I heard about it later. Strange because I time it all to put out. it out for sure. Yeah. They could have. It's not like they um, are. What's the word? Use discernment in what they'll use as a distraction. Hmm. Boy. This administration. I think I just saw a conspiracy Dan walk through here. Oh. <laughs> Did he you might, see him? Like a ghost. Where'd he go? He <laughs> might sit down here and start talking. And once he does. Oh Dan, boy. can you have a seat? <laughs> conspiracy D. Is anybody listening? <laughs> Is this microphone on? You can take your tinfoil hat Is off. Is this just for us? Um. <laughs> uh, Maybe how about how about here? Let's start here. So at a certain point, I'm going to say like mid. Oh, no, we know the point. It was when the Act 10 thing happened and I just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, 2010 or so. Walker elected, sit-ins at the Capitol, all yeah. that stuff. Big, big news in Madison, That's the mark. Wisconsin. That's the mark. Mm-hmm from like episode two or so uh, where I just walked away forever and was never going to talk about this stuff or argue with another person, Hmm. no matter how civil, just because it don't fucking matter. And I, all these years later, I feel like I made the right choice, but 
The question that Conspiracy Dan wants to ask, though, is, is that the goal? Is to flood the zone on people so hard that whether you're blue or red or purple, you're so exhausted under the weight of it that you can't really react anyway, and you do kind of tune it out because everything's an emergency. Mm. Everything's a breaking story all day, every day. So when I walked away, one of the questions I've asked, and I still ask myself, is like, did they beat me? Is this the point? Are mm. they? Is the point to bury me under so much information that I don't know which end is up anymore? Ah. And then if I give up, have they won? Hmm. Because I didn't even, I wasn't going to vote even this time. Huh. I just, but then I did. I showed up my voting center in, uh, voting center, my <laughs> voting location in Deerfield <laughs> is the firehouse. Uh, you slid down the pole, you cast your vote. <laughs> That's right. And you're out of there. Uh, lickety split. Boom. Um, didn't take long. I was in and out in 15 minutes. The socially distanced line moved really fast. So I did vote. Um, but that's the question that I think the media flood begs is, is this to just beat people down so they don't know what to think anymore? And who's at the top of that conspiracy? Hmm. Well. Some, the Illuminati. Let's talk amongst yourselves here. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I had an maybe experience we'll <laughs> this past Sunday where it had been some years since I, you know, I was just up early because that's the way my clock's at now. And uh, I hadn't had access even to it. And the CBS, just uh, the CBS morning news program. I turned it on and I watched it. And it's like one day a week. In one time slot, they allow themselves to lighten the fuck up in the news cycle and just present one pleasant story after another. Loosen the tie. Oh, really? Yeah, they do profiles like of CBS artists. Like CBS this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the sun emblem, okay. you know, and the and it's just one pleasant story after another. Profiles of artists and... and uh, It's I like was, the lifestyle section of the paper. Oh, damned. Wow. Yeah, sort of. And I was sitting there watching it like, hmm, why does it have to be if it bleeds, it leads the rest of the week, mm-hmm. but this time on the Lord's Day on the Sabbath. Oh, you're Sunday morning. The, yeah. The iconic, right, the Sunday. Okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. used to be Charles Kuralt. That's right. When we were that's kids. Same, and, that's right. And then it was, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it was just curious that like, and, and I felt a little sad that Charles Osgood yeah, yeah took over yeah. for him for 25 years and then yeah, go on I'm sorry but there but there isn't more balance that way you know why does it have to be tensions in Palestine and you know one bad bit you know bad news always a list of disasters list mm-hmm. of disasters mm-hmm. and then for a small window will bring you something that restores your faith in humanity or is pleasant or you know it's mm-hmm. I wish there was more balance and and it would it would make things more palatable, you know. Hmm. Always a lot of medical stories. Hmm. Of things to be concerned about. Well, Spiked with a lot of commercials for pharmaceuticals. <laughs> I just wonder if tonally like journalists don't feel like they can balance lightness with or human interest with, you know, serious news. Mm-hmm. 
so it's got to they've got to stay in their separate compartments and the you know serious news is what matters that's our duty that's our sworn duty there's this discipline to journalism you know and people who sacrifice their lives to report in you know in dangerous places and a respect for it that like makes it so fucking grim mm -hmm. and uh that when you get exposed to some journalism that doesn't depress the shit out of you you think hmm could we maybe blend the tones a little bit and more they do that a little uh, bit on the um hoda and oh my god it was a morning show uh, and it was kathy the today show kathy gifford and hoda or kathy something Lee gifford and Hoda, Hoda who then got promoted to be like one of the main hosts and they would in the morning sit with wine, like two big glasses of wine gigantic glasses of wine in the morning and just have that light shoot the shit we're just here to have a good time kind of vibe mm -hmm. and for whatever reason it happens in the morning shows I never really got it I was kind of like not engaged in that either um so it didn't matter it didn't matter to me whether it was hard-hitting disaster news or the light aren't we all having a good time together right morning news it still grosses me out either way i don't want to watch any of it hmm. but podcasts represent you you would listen to a, an interesting podcast any time of day mm -hmm. because it's a f yeah yeah, if it's funny and interesting. Uh, why do I like that format better? Well, I don't listen to podcasts that share news that much anymore. I listen to Pod Save America and Love It or Leave It, um, which are both usually hilarious. And it feels like they present. It's Democratic leaning for sure, 100% not even leaning, they're steeped in it. It's what they represent. But they also seem to have an insider's view because they used to work in the Obama administration. They have like connections that can, They. I feel like they explain things that other people don't explain. I feel like I have an insider view Help of me out what's here. going what's on. What's Pod Save America? Pod Save America is a podcast that was started by... Um, two of Obama's speechwriters, I believe. And one of them used to be a stand-up comic. He tried that mm. for a while. So not David Axelrod. No. he America's wrote, sweetheart. No, he <laughs> wrote... John Lovett, um, is, his partner is Mia Farrow's son. Ronan, oh, yeah. Ronan Farrow. Uh-huh. And he wrote um co-wrote a sitcom 1600 pen with john goodman that was mm. on for a little bit mm. so he's very kind of one foot in entertainment industry one foot in politics so the podcasts that they generate are hilarious okay. he knows a lot of other comics and so his show is called love it or leave it mm. because he couldn't really spread his wings and fly on the more political podcast pod save america they started with that one podcast and then they branched out and now they have Pod Save the World and mm. a bunch of other, um, they're basically like a media company now, mm -hmm. but they also do. Um, 
they copied us. Activism, voter registrations, and how to easily support like the runoff race that's happening right now hmm. in Georgia. How do you hmm. easily send money to that race? Or like they they make it easy for Democrats to get registered to vote, find out where they're voting, and support the the elections and stuff that they want to support. Hmm. So, um, and they're entertaining. But my point is I had to stop listening even to that for months Mm. because I was so steeped in this barrage of information and news all the time. It's just there everywhere. And it feels like you have to consciously push it back to like make room to walk through your life. Isn't it interesting to think that like the the opposite of that, I'm just thinking of you with your meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Like the opposite of that is is a meditative practice where you you intentionally shut everything out you Mm -hmm. go to a quiet place and you and you you uh pursue you know as quiet as much quiet as you you can manage but to think that that practice has been around for thousands of years before there were all these distractions and noise oh right yeah People That's an interesting thought. Like back when there were there was no technology at all is when this practice <laughs> started. Mm-hmm. People still needed to quiet the fuck down. Quiet their mind. Quiet yeah. Mind. It's a doorway. Hmm. Now I, I'm meditating right now. <laughs> well, I want to try to that's, answer. That's exhilarating pod. Let's all <laughs> meditate together for 10 minutes. Starting now. I want to I want to try to answer that question of that <clears throat> conspiracy Dan likes to throw around. Which, which question? That the 24-hour the news cycle is by design to confound mm. the senses. And Are they trying to keep you down? Is the man well, trying to keep you down? Keep you powerless? It, you asked, if that's a conspiracy, who's behind it? Right. Okay. Well, we could start with the news networks themselves mm-hmm. who profit from advertisers. Yes. A lot of, and who's that? When's the last time you watched like MSNBC or Fox News or whatever? The election is when I watched. So like, what are the commercials? Pharmaceuticals never go away. HBO. There's always commercials for pharmaceuticals. With a long list of side effects. Yeah. And then that's sometimes a, there's a pharmaceutical a industry that's like a piggyback one that takes care of like, what's the one? Like, are you constipated from taking uh, <laughs> opioids? Right. From your opioid regimen? Well, here's a mm-hmm. medication that will ease the constipation of your opioid regimen. Yeah. Here are some of the side effects. This is familiar because of hospice Vomiting having blood. to layer medication on top of medication. Dementia. Mm-hmm. Loss of vision. Yeah. Heartburn. Uh, so there's a start. TV networks and sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, what, about, what about the big show? What about the government that they cover? Yes. Is it even real? Like Is, is the federal government a simulation? Is the federal government a reality show? Oh, tell me more. As Conspiracy Dan. As Uncle Rush would say, show business for the ugly. Politics? Politics, yes. 
at the federal level. Now, people I'd, show up and go to work in the government. Yes. And what are you saying they do? All they play well, Jenga what, all day long. Well, They're not what what is going on there? Things? What is going on on Capitol Hill? Voting, talking, bribery. Oh, massive out in the open bribery. Scratching backs. You lobbying. do this for me, I do that for you. People leave office and become lobbyists. People people leave industry and become politician. It's all business. Vice versa. And you walk out of one door and into another. This is all very cliche. Mm-hmm. I'm not there. I've never been on K Street. Uh, where that... So who's pulling those and strings? And I'm so tuned out that I, it's, it's hard to make a case when you're as tuned out as I am, but I did pay attention for a long time. So big pharma. So it's a, it's a, st- and I find the whole thing rather synthetic. And if there's a bill called no child left behind, mm. that bill means a whole bunch of fucking people are going to get left behind. Or I think that's it, part of what made Bernie. The naming itself is. Is, is, is what, what's, what's, what's what I trying to say there? The naming itself is an oxymoron. Mm. The names of bills are the oxymoron. The Patriot Act, for example. Right. With all sorts of invasive, intrusive, loss of privacy type things. But it has a name like, it. the name is an oxymoron of what it is. Right. I understand uh, what you're just saying. Just for example. And I think a lot of bills are named that way. A lot of things have a, have a clever name that is really quite opposite of what it's really doing. So you're saying the government is being bought and sold, the people that work for yeah, the government. Yeah, this isn't new. I mean, I'm not I'm not breaking any news here. <laughs> so I I believe in government at the local level. I always think about level. when I hear that. I believe in the village of Deerfield. I'll do it every time. Regular people from Deerfield get together every month and talk about village issues. There's a, Wait, there's a budget to be dealt with. Weren't we encouraging you to go out for like office at one point, like to become mayor? Yeah, because you didn't want to do it yourself. <laughs> so I believe in government at that level, mm. at the local level, the village level, the town level, maybe even the city level. But once you even get to the county level, it starts to get a little synthetic for me. Do you think states are going to start seceding from the union? Well, that's a good question. You hear about that. You hear about Texas every so often mm-hmm. wanting to secede. I did see something that parts of Oregon want to secede because mm. not everyone's a Portlander. Not everyone is balls to the wall progressive in that right. whole state. But yes. that there's always a city in the state that sort of like leads the the political inertia. So I did. I did hear that this cycle. That people in rural Oregon are tired of Portland. What about Dakotas? Could we spare to lose the Dakotas? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What do you mean? You don't hear much from them. So. (laughs) So. Hypothetically. So unstate them? No. You can't kick them out. I'm just wondering, you know. Which states feel like they could lift out and we wouldn't, like you can't lift out New York. People would be like, you can't do that. That's New York. It's so American. Statue of Liberty. You know what I mean? Can't. Certain They'd states say, and places. Forget about it. 
it's, <laughs> it's kind of like Hollywood or Los Angeles. There's certain places that define American culture. You know, our identity is sort of produced. And I don't know. And cultural, yeah, media center of New York. So you know, you you talk about the influence that a place has. Uh, the shows that we talk about, the Saturday Night Lives, and oh, so on wow, and so yeah. on, all the artists that. And don't all these news bureaus and, have yeah. New York? If I can don't make they it look there, out over. Yeah. I'm not sure if Times Square, Texas, could lift know. out because of Austin, and I don't know. I feel like things are going to break apart a little bit over the next few decades. Big shifts. Like what? Like maybe some states deciding they don't, like Alaska or someone, mm. just deciding, you know, we've had it. We're mm. going to just do our own thing. I wonder if the arguments that Abraham Lincoln made back in the 1860s for the necessity of keeping the union together mm. still hold to the modern context. How far was the western border at that time? It was coast All to coast. All the way? It was coast to coast, yeah. How many states were broken up there in the west? Was it just territory or was it broken up into states? Hmm. Pretty sure that states had been established, but newly established, freshly established, some of them. Hmm. Because Wisconsin didn't become a state until, I want to say, 1848. Civil War is 18... Ding! 1860. Uh huh. So, you know, these were still, the nation was still young in some ways. So maybe that's why, you know, there was a more urgency to be like, hey guys, let's not fall apart before we've had a chance to grow to our full potential. But now we're in a different place where, eh, we've realized our potential. A lot of people seem to suggest that our best days are behind us, you know, and, and, People like yourself are exploring again, like, well, what if we didn't, you know, would it, would it, would it be more effective to, to govern this massive area, you know, in, in a less unified kind of top down manner? Well, well stuff yeah. like weed being legal in states, but not federally, mm. stuff like that, where it's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Crossing a state line with weed is a, federal fucking crime into a state mm. that doesn't allow it so like that's right next door yeah so stuff like that really it it feels like the system is inefficient i'm not a politician but there's so many different identities i don't feel like there were other than north and south and the issue of slavery i don't know what other major major differences there were between states or territories so now i feel like we've had enough time to grow it's like a family of 50 people and everyone has their own individual identity and then we all come back for thanksgiving and hmm. everybody's arguing and nobody agrees <laughs> because they all are grown up living their own lives and it's like well, I'm a vegetarian and well, I'm a paleo and so I can't have the turkey. Well, I can't have the legumes and it's it's like there's too many different identities to think that you're going to send a couple people from the state to go try and agree on every single thing. Yeah, but then again, there's this romantic idea that is sort of central to the American identity that when we were founded you were a Quaker, I was a 
people Lutheran Religion, or whatever. Like of course, we, that's we, the we had, issue. But we had these differences that we were able to coexist side by side and not persecute each other. Mm-hmm. And our diversity is our strength. Mm-hmm. Sort of. That's 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 a sense of pride, a point of pride in America. Well, some Americans, many Americans. So uh, it's kind of an un-American suggestion in a way to be like, well, there's just too many points of view. It's too messy. Mm-hmm. Let's not even deal with it and just... Uh, well, but when the foundational yeah. issue that diversity is a benefit and that that that's part of what the country is built on it's a good thing when that comes into question because people can't agree because you've got half the country saying diversity is essential it's what we're built on and the other saying we've had enough diversity thank you very much that's enough like that's a foundational issue and it seems like it's 50 50 right now right half and half it's like ufos people have made up their minds I don't know. I don't. I think trying to convince racists not to be racist is futile, extremely difficult. Futility. Yeah, I have people in my own family. Maybe if they cuddled more. People in my own family, because my niece and nephew are people of color, mm-hmm. and there are people in my extended family who would openly talk to my sister about being okay with the kids in cages on the border and like all the horrible things that were happening down there. And my sister had was adopted. Was that real? Dan didn't hear about that. There was tinfoil. <laughs> was that real? Yeah. It was real. So okay. to be able to have someone in your own family come from some of these same countries that were looking for um, refuge and a better life. And to have literally someone in your family that is in this country because the mother that gave birth to them wanted a better life for them. And to to still not see that that is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disgraceful to say, yeah, that's a good thing that's happening down there on the border. They should stay out when the person sitting next to you is a person of color who came from one of those countries. Like that's a, that's a pretty thick, the large blind spot blind. Yeah. Pretty thick wall, pretty big blind spot. I don't know how. So are you kind of like a no border person? I'm saying talking people into not being racist or Mm. like not it's sort of like talking someone out of owning slaves or something Mm. it's like how do you get to that point i'm not sure that they they did they just found enough people that didn't see things that way oh boy i don't have a point necessarily to this i and i don't necessarily think that states should start seceding but it just feels like Hmm. I think we've stumbled on something. Do you here. think it's fair to say that that you know progressives? It's not as though they don't have strong, well-defined values and and opinions on 
on on things that matter to them but they're part of what's built into that community is an acknowledgement that like i don't have all the answers i'm willing to reconsider things i'm curious i'm letting new information in i'm letting it challenge the way that i think versus on the other side there's it's you know that's part of the strength of conservative candidates and thing like things like that i think is they don't muddy the water with too many considerations it's just here's a clear message for you pro life <laughs> period <laughs> i'm not willing to consider any different scenarios in which that might be acceptable no just no and you know certainty is you know that's appealing that's that's comforting whether it's preacher yeah whether it's you know ultimately a great philosophy to like guide a nation through a pandemic or unfamiliar uncharted waters when you have to fucking adapt and think on your feet and things like this maybe not so much well this is a really good example of what i'm talking about though so a place like, is it New Zealand that is doing really well with the pandemic? Am I right? They have a woman um, Let me leader. pull the foil down from my window. Here I'm for pretty a sure it's... Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's really New know. Zealand. They're doing really well. And part of the issue is they're small. Like when you, when you hear sure. about countries that do very well, like their health care is good, their quality of life is good. They're all small. They're all... Typically true. Relatively... It's an easier. You have a large country like Russia. You have people have you know who rule it with a fucking iron fist mm-hmm. in order to keep order. So it seems mm-hmm. like you've, you've either got fascism or <laughs> the shit show that is modern democracy. Mm-hmm. I guess. So yeah. if we, because part of me is like, all right, let's if we're gonna do the pandemic, we're gonna treat it um, the way New Zealand did because it worked and they're doing really well. Let's do that. What was their solution? I don't know. Be a small island? <laughs> yeah, be very small and everyone... Let's get to work, people. The key concept here is everybody follows what the leader asks them to do because they trust her. Hmm. And that she's like, we have scientists who have said X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do. Everybody needs to do it. Hmm. And they did. The problem with this country and so many different... Do you know what they did, though? I, I'm sure they locked down or some okay. variation of locking yeah. down for a period of time. Um, but we the, are, we're not just informed on this podcast. We are hyper informed. The problem with us, though, is that we have too many people who would not trust. Number one, trust their leader. Hmm. I can't imagine Our why. Coach? He's told literally like 30,000 lies hmm. since he's been in office. Number two, people that don't want to do what their leaders ask them to do because it's America. Mm. And even if it's for the, like to prevent the spread of a virus that it's killing people, there's still, there's not necessarily going to be agreement and like, let's just get this done for the next two or three weeks. And then 
it, there will be groups or states or consensuses cities consensus is almost impossible yeah. in a place so big with so many different state governments and so i mean even in wisconsin if you go up north they're doing things totally differently than how they're doing things in madison mm. nobody's wearing a mask up there you know what i mean well i do I know schools are open up there, but schools are open as close as like Janesville. Mm-hmm. Like that's in-person school. We can't even get consistency across 50 miles. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get consistency from sea to sea? And so, oh man. Yeah. So you look 20 some miles south to Janesville and mm-hmm. like, are, are there corpses? Are the streets clogged with corpses because the schools are open i think that's one of the beauties though that's my, that's, of i'm yeah. pretty open about not i'm i'm on the less fearful end of covid but the thing so is like, like i know i just spoke with someone in jane or that work know someone who does birth birth doulaing in janesville and the janesville hospital because of what's whatever their policy is down there is having the mother quarantine four weeks before she comes to the hospital to give birth, which makes no sense at all. And then if the mother tests positive, she's separated from her baby in the hospital after the birth, which also makes no sense because the breast milk is actually good for the virus. If the baby was, you know, God forbid to catch it. So, and isn't that like step one through 40 of immunity and, biome and all that sort of thing yeah for me it's like not that the corpses are in the streets clogging the sewers it's the the ripple effect of um like for instance you can't attend your own family member's death Mm -hmm. you can't get into these facilities because they're not allowing any visitors even if they're on their deathbed some of the facilities not every single one of like senior care facilities so it's that because they might catch COVID. Oh, and just it's because that you don't kind see. of thing. It's not like the the bodies are piling up. It's like what's happening to people's relationships and the ability to mm-hmm. connect with each mm-hmm. other. It's is at risk. It's like in danger. But also, just because you don't see corpses in the street doesn't mean that people who aren't working in medical true institutions aren't feeling the squeeze and the pressure and seeing their capacity you know they're the number of beds and and places that they have stretched very thin Mm. and dwindling and that there isn't real cause for concern there it's this is another thing that uh getting americans how much of it is just a selfishness problem Mm. not so much not so much uh uh trouble getting consensus amongst amongst a bunch of rugged individuals as much as it is people just being fucking immature and selfish and being unable to sacrifice their own ability to go wherever the fuck they want and wear a mask or not, their 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 own personal comfort for the sake of making people who work in the hospital mm. their lives manageable and tolerable, you know, and it's it's concern and consideration for other people. But as that's that's a problem. Uh, Americans don't have a monopoly on selfishness. We're not the only selfish people in the world, of course. We're really good at it, though. We're great. Uh, but the as it relates to one of the things that's cool about 
as well as I understand it, which is great. But the the division, the way that uh, federal government and state government and local government, these layers and these levels of governance means that we don't have to have as frustrating as it is on one level that pot just can't, for instance, we keep coming back to that example, I, I don't know why, but that that can't just be level or legal everywhere. Well, it's frustrating, but it's also, you know, not such a critical issue that there must be consensus or else, you know, catastrophe. So, individual regions are able to determine for themselves whether or not they want to take on the risks that are implied with legalization in that. And there's, so, you know, that's, I think that's healthy to a degree for people, you know, local people to feel like they have some agency in the laws that govern their environment. But then there's a case like segregation of schools and desegregation and that you know if we would have waited for alabama places like alabama in the 60s to make that change on their own still be waiting we might still be waiting Mm -hmm. so that's where it's helpful to have a a federal authority Mm. to bring the national guard in and say time's up but you're you're assuming that the federal um that's one case in which the federal decision making process yeah. works. Well, which I in that feel case, it like did. I'm losing confidence hmm. that yeah. it does now. This might be a good time to butt in and provide a little <laughs> context. Thank you, Dan. We were talking about. By way, <laughs> we were talking about the union, and when Lincoln was president, right, and held preservation of the union above all things Mm -hmm. 14 of our states became states after the civil war Hmm. which ones nebraska colorado north and south dakota is it okay if they're still states (laughs) montana washington idaho wyoming seeing a trend utah oklahoma new mexico arizona and then the last two in 1959, Alaska and Hawaii. But vast, everything was settled. Vast amounts of land. Everything was settled by the Civil War. The only state that says it wasn't settled, and this is on the internet, so it's got to be true, is Oklahoma says it what? wasn't settled until 1889. Huh. My guess is that Oklahoma was an Indian territory, though. And then, hmm. sucker, we took that away from him, too. Oh, and then we let the white people oh, in there, too. Yeah. But... So there's the whole continent from sea to shining sea was settled. Mm. Everybody had not made it to statehood yet, though. But that Nebraska, is... 1867, Colorado, 1876, the Dakotas, 1889, Montana, Washington also. Was there a choice involved? So about, Do you know? Do you about know if about for the state? Statehood? Yeah. Was there Boy, any... now you're testing the civics. Yep. I think IQ you probably had to, you had to apply and you know, for, for state or meet certain requirements or like, you know, you had to have some probably, you know, the states that had resources, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, were, were, you know, fast line to, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, to statehood. Welcomed with open arms. Like, why wasn't uh, Washington or North Dakota like, meh, Canada, please, instead? Hmm. I don't know. You think of about a place like Colorado, like s- settling in a place that's f- fucking mountainous like that, and it presented just some geographical challenges that, and the remoteness of these regions before he had the infrastructure to fucking get there. And Well, it was know. territory that we negotiated from our European fathers, forefathers, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how that's how the territories were drawn. Yeah. I, I the old none of this is coming back to me. I know I learned it all in Isn't it uh You know that I got eighth grade maybe? I got inter- No, I, I must butt for a second. What line of latitude is our northern border with Canada? That's probably the line of latitude, I'm guessing. Probably. Unknown. Okay. We could look at a map and find that out. Okay. Uh, one of the best things I ever read was Empire of the Summer Moon, and it helped me connect a dot in that the genocide that we conducted against Native Americans in this country was carried out, at least in part, by Civil War veterans. So... And it profiles just this tragic life of like, regardless of what side you were on, the carnage, you know, the trial that that war represented. Civil War? Yeah. Because just to put it as briefly as possible, you had these old school methods where guys get in lines and march march directly towards each other like they're going to fight hand-to-hand combat or something like in the old days they're moving men around like they're chess pieces or something Mm -hmm. but modern weaponry more modern weaponry gatling guns rifles you know that were more accurate and all this kind of stuff and just fucking carnage and but then not the medical sophistication to like sanitize things and deal with the wounds and just just terrible 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 so you survive that and then your country sends you to to battle natives on their their home turf and drive them into reservations and like what a life what a life that must have been for mm. not to say that I'm I'm trying to be empathetic to the poor soldiers that had to conduct genocide against native americans but it couldn't have felt great especially after the horrors that you'd after fighting yeah. Yeah. to free the slaves <laughs> then you go <laughs> Fight to enslave the Native Americans. American logic, baby. Does not make sense. And steal their land. Our border with Canada is the 49th parallel. Okay. Is that ringing a bell? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's a so there's so why not? Why didn't Washington just become part of Canada? Because United States territory was at the 49th parallel, Mm. and if you are south of this, this is. United States territory, soon yeah. to become a state. Coming soon, the state of Washington. <gasps> da, da, da. <laughs> Coming soon. Lots of rain. <laughs> Here's a question that should get all sorts of response and reaction. Uh, so the final score was like 69 million to 64 or 5 million. Does that sound about right? Oh, look at this. I'm holding a... You mean with the latest... I'm holding a scoreboard box. Presidential election? Election 2020 results. And where is the... Oh, for shit's sake. 
Popular vote? Yeah, popular. Where's the popular vote number? So I, I know I'm close. It's like 69. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh my God. It went up a lot since I looked. What is it? Uh, the Blue Ties got 77.5 million, roughly. Of the popular, okay. The Red Ties got 72.3 million. So we're off by what, 5 million? So like a good college basketball score. <laughs> 77 to 72. Okay. So it was, it was kind of close. Close. For a, And that's an amazing turnout. That's asinine turnout. Hmm. Previous elections, the num- the winning numbers are like 56 to 53. People wanted to vote in this election. And yeah, people were motivated. Um, my question really here would be, you mentioned how hard it is to get people who are racist to become unracist. Yeah. Do you think our nation is really all that racist? Yes. By and large? I do. Do you think every one of those red votes is a racist vote? No. Racist. (laughs) They're racist. And I can speak confidently knowing nothing about politics and knowing very little about activism. (laughs) Oorah. Because I... Yes, there are racist people. And this... I got I got kind of worked up about this early in the wow it goes by quick early in the Trump era uh-huh where it didn't take long to hang this white supremacist tag on him and I was like you have got to be fucking kidding me white supremacist disagree what percentage of people do you think are white supremacists I don't in the know. United States in 2020 I have no idea I've asked a number of people this do you think it's 72 million? Absolutely not. Well, how are you defining Do white? Do you think it's... How are you defining white supremacy? A million? He's definitely racist. People who are white supremacists. What does that, what does that mean? What's the difference between a white supremacist and a, and a racist? I think a white supremacist... Well, let's... <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you look it up? Jeez Louise, white supremacist. That's like clan <laughs> stuff. Like how many Louise. people are in the clan? In 2020. Uh, unknown. I have no idea. Well. Not. That's where 72 I, million. Definitely not 72 million. And that's where my spidey sense says, yeah, there's not that many. Hmm. There's some crackpots out there that are white supremacist. Uh, how do you even. White supremacy is the belief that <clears throat> white people are superior to those of other races and thus should dominate them. Oh, okay. Its purpose is maintenance and defense of blah, blah, blah. The, the problem with the so people like, had with Trump was that he condoned white supremacist groups is the problem people had with him. He wouldn't. Um, what's the word when you you say you're against something? You disavow. He wouldn't you, disavow the white supremacist groups. I rebuke. I. He would not rebuke them. I. Yes. So people were very good (laughs) vocabulary guys. (laughs) The people concerned about Trump for that reason, because it was because he accepted white supremacy and did not rebuke, repudiate. And what was the other one? You know, such good words. But that's why, because they're like, well, then he must also be. Here's here's why that doesn't matter. And Do what's worse that's... than that, what's what's at least as bad as being racist is 
regardless of what his personal beliefs were, he knew that that was a, a population that he could manipulate to his camp. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just by throwing out these dog whistles to appeal to them, plausible deniability, like, what? I'm, I'm not a racist. I just said these things that are clearly suggesting, you know, racist intent that please all of these people and make them want to support me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, he's willing to, he's willing to do all sorts of underhanded shit, shady shit, uh, despicable, kind of um, just morally bankrupt sort of uh, behaviors that that just appeal, just just garner him support. He knows how to manipulate people, and so it's it's not a question of whether or not he his values lie here, there, or elsewhere. There are no values. There's just hmm. how can I? His value is me. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it. Eyes on me. That's his value. How do I? How and do I attain power, and how do I hang on to it? He was skeptical that that. Um, well, I'm not going to talk for you. Yeah, it's. I don't because I don't. I don't even think it's real. I don't even think that the daily presidential show is real. The Twitter stuff that he sends out? The that's a big and that is the probably the The Daily maybe that's Presidential the hardest thing Show. To, what does that mean? The the daily twenty four hour news cycle mm-hmm. where there's a channel that says everything he's doing is great. Mm. And there's channels that are like, This I, guy is evil. He is pure evil. He's a white supremacist for God's sake. That daily show, to borrow a a brand, feels synthetic to me. Well, that's this is kind of circling back around to like it's just the it's problem just with media right yes, now. We're back to that. I is guess taking sides, and it should just be this is what happened. But there are there are news outlets that are doing that, like BBC and NPR. They just say here is what happened. These are the lies. We know this because we know what the facts are. And he is saying something opposite to this fact. Or like they, they're they able to state this is what was as... One of the things we have to do at hospice is as observed by. You don't put your opinion in. All you do is you say this is what was observed. The patient was on the floor in her underwear. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, oh, she must have been (laughs) sick. Or, oh, she must have been passed out. It's just, this is what I saw. This Mm -hmm. is what they said. That is what, unless it's an opinion section, that's what the news is supposed to do. But it feels like it's gone out the window a little bit. I agree. It's bought and sold. The rigor and integrity of a uh, of of a outlet like NPR, which you know will co- comment on social media or Mark Zuckerberg going to Congress or something, and say, "Full disclosure: We are uh, Facebook is one of our sponsors." Mm. Mm. That being said, we're going to report honestly about this mm-hmm. and not hide mm-hmm. that 
there is this potential conflict of it's like bill simmons with hbo Mm. right like he's got ties there Mm -hmm. you ever heard him say that i suppose yeah he still does yeah and guess what they had a whole podcast on game of thrones and like Mm. there's obviously some friendship there i see okay but i don't think necessarily that uh the analogy holds up in the sense that npr has some kind of bias then because they get support from this institution or that which is known to lean this way or that way politically like they're it's part of their transparency there's another word that's so overused it's kind of gross but i mean that they're 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 reporting everything they're they're laying it all out there as observed as you said like here here is this for you to see if you have a problem with it we're we can discuss it but we're not hiding anything mm. And, you know, this is honest reporting. This is how honest we are. We're honest about acknowledging that some people might think there's a conflict here. Well, there's not. Mm-hmm. Because we're pointing it out. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And I admire that. It makes me trust hmm. that news source that, you know, that there's a level of consideration for, and, and it acknowledges that skepticism hmm. that we've all developed. Like, oh, yeah. Don't believe a word that comes out of your mouth. Do you still not buy <laughs> it, man. though? Are you still well, like, no? I, more than anything, as we're coming to the end of the the Trump era, the Trump administration, I, I think it's a show. I just think it's a bad show. I wonder how you could find out what... What's really happened the last four years? Where could you Google? I suppose you could Google it. But like, what bills actually got signed into law the last four years? Well, I know that there's some things that he did that were executive orders Mm -hmm. that can be undone almost immediately Mm -hmm. when Biden takes office. That's a new game. Because he didn't go through the Senate to get done what he wanted to get done. It feels like that was new back in like the 80s. But that's what you get. And it's kind of on steroids now in in this synthetic era. Every president just walks in and starts writing executive orders. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. The next president goes, that guy was full of shit. (laughs) Right. That man was full of shit. (laughs) And my executive orders are the right ones. I would say ask other countries around the globe what happened. Liechtenstein. How about it? I think part part of being president is shaking hands with other countries. Mm hmm. And seeing what you can do to work together to make the globe a good place to live. Mm. And I would say pretty much almost every other country would say... These are business relationships, so... These are business relationships. It's not just a good place to live. It's a profitable place to live. Mm. Yeah. And and Trump's tactics were bully tactics, and they didn't go over very well. No, people... D- you know, My understanding... At least Biden is tactful. He might be corrupt <laughs> as, you know, in the same way that, you know his predecessors were that have made people yeah you know suspicious and skeptical of politicians but at least he has some fucking tact when you have other countries now saying we don't want to do business with you that's a problem and i think mm. that is a good gauge of at least what happened on the world stage you know i think it is a 
muckety muck what happened day to day in this country what what are the things he he well I mean I think it's pretty clear he was trying to support business and didn't give a shit about the environment at all Mm. that was clear he wanted to keep brown people out of the country that was clear there's some things that were clear how he went about it I I think you'd have to ask people around him because they probably did it all push the papers in front of him for, you know, that he could sign. He wouldn't know what to ask for to get shit done. Never having been a part of politics before. Yeah. When I think of the daily news grind mm-hmm. and boy, with it's, <laughs> and it's funny to comment on when there's foil over my windows, but <laughs> When you're focused on... I do see you peeking out. Just when, a little corner. When the people are... F- <laughs> when when the viewers are focused on speculation that Trump is a white supremacist or that's one that's easy to grab, right? That's pretty... That's a pretty inflammatory uh, charge to make. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe... I'm not trying to defend the guy because I think it's fake. I don't think it's real. Hmm. When that leads the news every day and when the COVID ticker is in the corner of the screen and leads the news every day, you're not thinking about how your privacy vanished Mm -hmm. and how your information is owned by companies. That if you walk around your house and say Camry loud enough, the next time you sit down at the computer or get out your phone, there's an ad for a Camry. Yes. Or shoes or whatever you just said Mm -hmm. and you're not thinking about our unregulated financial system our financial institutions the federal reserve the banking system and how much we're all owned by it and how they fuck up once in a while and crash the economy and then nothing happens to them if you're worried about the president, the president's a white supremacist. You don't think about how much corn syrup is in your food and how the the food pyramid is manipulated. Substantive issues. So, things that you might be concerned about if the TV wasn't blaring that the president's a white supremacist. That's kind of that might be my angle there is that I think this show is fake. Because we don't think about these things that are happening to us in in broad daylight. But you're you're saying that it's intentional. Yes. That there is someone pointing the distraction at us intentionally. Right. Like a fire hose. Mm. To keep us away from actual information. And actual issues or that we could be to concerned notice about. what we're what we're losing. Right. Or how about educating us, you know, being able to intelligently comment or engage with economics on a global scale or a national scale involves, you know, would involve for a lot of us, speaking for myself for sure, a fair amount of education, Yeah, you know, and I, I, I bothers me somewhat. I'm not saying that there aren't 
there's not a lot of an opportunity for me to go seek that information and it's not being made available, but there's less, yeah, what gets lost in the parade of disasters is how do we make people more engaged, more informed citizens mm -hmm. of where they live. With, with all that airtime. Yeah, right. And what did you get out of it? Who even remembers? Who even rem So that my question of like what really happened? What bills got signed into law during the Trump administration? Well, he what really he withdrew happened? from Paris. Regulation. He tweeted so many, about so a many lot of stuff. So many regulations, you know, just without being able to be specific. Mm -hmm. Because I'm spinning the propeller I, on my hat here. I, I fucking I don't know. Yeah, but the some of the complaints that you were you were hinting at mm -hmm. a little bit earlier about an unregulated financial yes system yes Trump's leadership is the kind of guy that gives less and less the the some of these regulatory mm. bodies or 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 efforts are you know. He's the type of guy that wants to keep that. This is where we might butt yeah. heads, though. I okay. think Biden and Obama are just the same as Trump and Bush it, and Clinton. It's a revolving door of people that rubber stamp that shit. They give speeches at the same places after they're out of office. The same people fill their campaign coffers. But as it they relates gamble to, on both sides, they as it relates to sides. environmental, as it as it relates to okay. environmental regulation, that's conflict with the marketplace. The willingness to stand up and say, "Look, we have to cap greenhouse gas emissions and things like that. And we have to do it by a certain amount of time, and that means profit loss in this sector, that sector, and that." I mean, or until you're not going to hear a new profit source is discovered that yeah, we can monopolize. You have the next slow 10 down, years, everybody. Yes. We can't do this yet. Not until we figure out where our cut is. Uh, well, that's, yeah, I think they're like, that's you, how I look at my government. You have 10 years to change from this to solar power or like you have 10 years to figure it out. That kind of stuff, I think, was starting to get in place. And then when Trump came in, he was like, never mind all that. We're which fine. Is, which We're is, good. Which is, you know, that's one of those issues that, yeah, I'm not going to get on a grandstand about. But it's not, it's not about, you know, what's your position on it? It's, mm -hmm. do you recognize, uh, you know, the... The, the legitimate crisis that's Bill Burr's that's been, solution is yeah. oh give the oil companies the sun just let them have it and profit from it and then we can get on with it then we can get on why with solar why don't they take it for themselves all they have to do is figure out solar power well we don't have to give his, it to them they can just take it part of it is just you know they have so much momentum and so much infrastructure built around doing things the way that they've done it. Yes. And that's profitable and consequences be damned. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to stop horses in midstream. If, if nothing else, I feel like Trump has showed us clearly that there's, there doesn't need to be a go between and that a leader, a zealot, a, fascist 
prick can pump false information directly straight to people without having to go through any media source at all. He can be the fire hose, which mm-hmm. is really dangerous for people who are impressionable and uneducated. It's and- a new frontier, I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hasn't always been possible. Does Biden tweet? No. Do these he other has, people I'm tweet? sure he has a team of people that tweet for him. Okay. Not impulsively and compulsively. Less inflammatory. <laughs> On the shitter. <laughs> yeah. One, I, if I may. Please. Make an analogy. Uh, I'm a big football fan. Really? And celebrating used to be illegal in football. If you did spike some, the football and like do a you dance, could sp- you could spike the ball, do the worm. But there were limits. If you, if it was like a, it was the way courts look at uh, it's things, uh, pornography or what's indecent. Like I know it when I see it. It was like <laughs> if it goes too far. Yeah. If there's props, mm. then it's a penalty that'll be enforced on the kickoff. Blah 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 blah. But the fans really liked it though. The fans really liked when these guys did crazy shit. Huh. Like pull a Sharpie out of their sock and sign the ball and throw it into the crowd. What is a Lambo leap? Doesn't that qualify uh, as that, kind of, that was okay because we're Wisconsin and that's okay. We got a pass. We're God's team. So, <laughs> but the, but the fans sentiment from the fans in this age where of Twitter and sentiment from the fans was like, Oh, NFL means the no fun league. Let these guys celebrate. Blah, blah, blah. Well, no fun the, league. The owners listened. Sounds like a bunch of sixth graders. What is this? The no fun league? So, <laughs> but the league listened. Uh-huh. And all they had to do was find a way to monetize celebration. And then it became legal. How do they monetize celebration? So Pepsi is like the official sponsor Fuck. of NFL Get celebrations. Out. Get out. So Pepsi. Comer- You're fucking kidding me. Get out. Out. I'm not kidding. So Does somebody pass somebody a Pepsi after they score? Dead and they serious. Like, spike the Pepsi can. Pepsi. Uh, what can I say? I watch football every what? Sunday and Thursday when I'm not podcasting. Uh, there's a game on right now. Uh, <laughs> Pepsi sacrifice. runs these ads that are super corny and super because when you when the league makes anything like official it just immediately becomes lame so now celebrating is like i i just find it lame and they have screens at the end of the and both ends of the field where like after an interception the whole defense will run down and like pose in front of it get out of here folded. no this is I'm, disgusting as soon as they found a way to monetize God. it it became legal like they need more money i was talking about gambling the other day oh my god and like that the race, the presidential race was heavily gambled on. But that that's I don't want to get into that at the moment. Making a bridge. Oh, am I going to build a bridge from sports to government? So are we all familiar with fantasy sports like fantasy football? Fantasy? You've spoken about it. What's the name of your team? You have Mer- two now, right? The Merrimack Fairies. The yeah. Merrimack Fairies. And then Is my, there fantasy government? My the other team. How can you be okay with Merrimack wh- fairies but not Thing Dongs? When I'm not worried about the Merrimack fairies, because I'm from Merrimack and there's a fairy there. Okay, so, it's, so not like fairy fairy. It means a lot to me. I am ashamed. 
Me too. Me Jesus. Too. I'm sorry. Jesus, Donald. Stop tweeting for a minute. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Okay. The other team is Hamsfield Mayhem. Very proud. Ham. Uh, oh, I get it. So a new Hams. A, a new a new phenomenon in that world is this thing called daily fantasy sports mm. in the world of smartphones and apps. But fantasy sports used to be like in the newspaper. You kept track on paper. We used to do a newsletter that got mailed out. I'd, I would write this newsletter and mail it to people every week. That sounds fun. The, the exchange of players and stuff was done on the phone, like the ringing telephone plugged yeah. into the wall. Okay. But in the age of phones and apps, this daily fantasy sports, you can get the app and you can just pick players off of teams and you don't have to be in a league with your buddies or anything. It's just a, it's an, it's gone big. It's gone viral, so to speak. Mm. And there was a place called DraftKings, and there's another one. I can't think of the name of it. Uh, but these companies, overnight, literally overnight, became billion-dollar enterprises because wow. it's savagely popular. Dudes love fantasy. And... I don't, I'm not even exaggerating when I say overnight. Money just poured into these places. Wow. So who stepped in? The federal government. Mm. With a, with a very concerned face, like the one I'm making now, <laughs> maybe a wagging finger saying, <laughs> we're, we're in committee now to decide if this is uh, legal, if this is okay. So to make a long story short, once they got their cut, it was legal. Ah. Now, that was a couple years ago. And when I say a couple, time goes fast. I bet you that was five years ago now, hmm. maybe longer. In the last two years, sports gambling has become nationwide legal. Oh. A very profitable enterprise. Hmm. But they took one look at the... Daily fantasy action and went, that's printing money. People just give money to this. And then we sidle in there and we <laughs> scoop up a big, we put our face in the trough and we get a bunch of money and it didn't take long. And now sports gambling is legal. Sports coverage openly talks about gambling. That used to be taboo. Sports announcers like game announcers, like when you're watching the Packer game. Yeah. The hint that gambling existed was taboo. You just did not talk about it because it compromised. It, it planted the seed that the game is compromised by being fixed, potentially. Mm. But now that it's been monetized mm. by the government, the, the, now it's just talked about in the game where like someone will score a touchdown when the game is already over and they'll be like, well, if you had the under, you're happy with that one. Oh. They just now they just talk about it openly and they promote it relentlessly. The leagues, the sports leagues, they promote gambling relentlessly. How do you feel about it? I think it's I think it's kind of sick because uh. gambling can be a real problem, especially if you don't have enough <laughs> money to I be can gambling. Say, agree. And the leagues make it this like fun thing. They'll be like, hey, play the play the NFL I don't even know what they call it because I just I kind of tune it out. 
but they'll say something like, just pick the outcome of six games correctly and you could win thousands of dollars. That is fucking impossible to pick the outcome. They say this the out- on, what, what, on, like on network TV? They yeah, say during this? the games. During the games now. All it took was oh. it had to be monetized and now it's fine. I and that long rambling totally story. Didn't know that. Did you know that? That long rambling story is how I feel about the federal government in general. <laughs> is they just need to get their face in there and monetize it, and then it's fine. That is, that's all they do, twenty four seven. The names change, the the people coming in and out of the doors change. They get old, they die. New people are coming up all the time. Did you feel that way? How do I get my face in the trough? Did you feel that way about Bernie Sanders? Ooh, I don't know if I really felt anything about Bernie Sanders. I mean, I know he's not. He was like a little different, right? He's not Trump. Well, he was kind of. And he's not a Biden. No, I mean, he the the problems that he was pointing to. He was rogue, well, I feel they, like, uh, a little bit. They're, they echo the sentiments of what you just said. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we just stumble on it? Hmm. What happens to Bernie in every fucking election cycle? He gets burned by the Democratic he Party. He gets fucking knifed by the blue ties. Democratic Party burns him. He's a great emblem three out of every four years. Until he starts getting too, too much support. Mm-hmm. And then there's some procedural thing or some like, well, uh, the... Pushing my glasses up. The superdelegates. If we have to go to the superdelegates, there's a case can be made that we go to the super superdelegates and the super double secret delegates. Is that two times now? Three times that he's run for president and he gets knifed by his own ties? Yeah. What does that tell you? I don't think there should be two parties anymore. I feel like there should be a different system. The one guy that's an outside voice. A yeah, Dan, I think there's a there's a continuum though. There's a continuum to this level of corruption. Yes. That you're talking about. And the fact that a a voice like Sanders is is in the blue camp. And the least. red ties do it too. Ron Paul. Ron Paul and Rand Paul. Uber uh, conservative guys that just They're you know. they're of a libertarian bent. They're and any kind of popularity they have, they get broomed right off. The, the Sandman comes out and brooms them right <laughs> off the stage too. So I'm not trying to make this a blue tie thing. It's 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 no. it is uh, epidemic in the no, system. No, but but this idea that Democrats represent the conscience mm-hmm. of the country that still also needs to turn a handsome profit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a weird thing to sort of balance in your mind. And that, on one hand, the conservative party sees themselves as the keepers of family values and and right. and, and and the moral, you know, decency or whatever. Uh, when you push it into two columns, it's it's, it's but so asinine. But. Uh, yeah, so you've you've got no common ground between the folks who who preserve, you know, good traditional values and those that have the conscience and are saying, "Yes, 
okay, make a profit, but at what cost? And what about these folks who aren't doing so well? And what can we do for them? And what about our environment? And but at the federal uh, level, is it genuine or is it just a, service? a role? A role that is a, a, a play in your part. I believe in government at the village level, the city level, maybe still at the county level. But once you get above that, is it real? Is it genuine? Or is I it don't just... think it's I, I think you're I think it's it's shades of multiple things and it's mm -hmm. not total corruption and no heart and no concern or no care. I don't think, for instance, Biden is that, you know, Machiavellian where he's just rubbing his palms together and feeling like, mm -hmm, you know, the power is mine now. Mm. And what can I do for all of my corporate backers? Like, right. I think there's a real human in there that has legitimate mm. concern Boy, for the world that he lives in and, and, and the citizens, you know, where he stands and where that party stood and the position that they took during this Black Lives Matter movement spoke volumes, I think. In, in uh, you know, on one camp you had, uh, this is too big to get into at this point because True. because it it's it's getting late. But you had you had folks saying, "We hear you." Uh, there's obviously a need for some reform. We're gonna take this seriously. We're 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 listening. We care, or at least making the presentation at least of that, versus bunch of thugs going to bring the National Guard in here and and get this trash out of the streets. So no surprise, a very polarized approach. Right. The blue ties, open arms, listen to the movement, the red ties, no way. Mm -hmm. And there's no deviation from that. Perpetual, just perpetual. This is fists hitting together here. Well, I think that's as good a place to end as any. I'm just <laughs> Not so fast. Yeah. That just made me think of something else. I listened to the Apocalypto again because I'm so obsessed with Apocalypto. Mm. You might have. It, it probably came across in the Apocalypto pod how, just how obsessed. Should we do I another think, Apocalypto pod? Well, there's, there Apocalypto is. Apocalypto part two. There is still meat on that bone. Sequel. That Second I want to get into. of a 10-part series on mm -hmm. Apocalypto. When you take the God episode, which was followed by the Apocalypto episode, uh -huh. and then all the questions that Apocalypto raises in such a great way. But mm. something that stood out like crazy in that Apocalypto pod was, I don't want to... Go ahead. I don't, don't want to insult you by doing a Chris impression. I really, I Go really ahead. couldn't do it I can justice. take it. You've already insulted my leg warmers. I'll just use my regular voice. You were wondering. I want the impression. Repeatedly. Now. Now we got to hear the impression. <laughs> do it. I can't. All right, all right. I just can't. <laughs> oh, my God. How? Just do it. I'm just kidding. How? Am I from the valley? How does this guy, how is Mel Teflon Mel? Mm. All the shit he's done, you know, in his personal life and stuff, and mm -hmm. it's been splashed out there. How does this guy keep doing it? And it's simple. 
He makes bank. Oh, sure. Right. He has a following. People love him. It doesn't fucking matter what he does. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It's incredible that he shows up as uh, mm. uh, Marky Mark's dad in that. Meet the Fockers. Daddy's home. Four or, uh, Daddy's home too. <laughs> Meet the Fockers. John Lithgow <laughs> is Will Ferrell's dad, and who's who's Marky Mark's dad? But Mel fucking Gibson. He doesn't go on any racist it's, tirades no, in that film. Though. But he's a, he's a womanizing fucking. Uh, he's like a soulless womanizer. Okay. Nice. And a lot of that movie. I mean, it's come on. It's Daddy's Home, so it's not real. It's not a real exploration of any real themes. But no, but it's a blockbuster kind of movie, and he's still got a t- seat at the table after all that he's been through. And I see your point. And it suggests that maybe this, you know, like Marky Mark has some issues because his dad was a womanizing asshole like everywhere they go everywhere they go (laughs) mel is like picking up chicks are you talking about the great mark Wahlberg? mark Wahlberg, yes you know this uh chris rock made that and i see government that way okay i'm done you see government just it's and football now too sports they there's a lot of lip service and they claim to care about a bunch of shit Mm -hmm. but there was a guy that made women watch him shower for 20 fucking years in Hollywood, and it was not a secret. And nobody did anything until it finally like went so fucking out of bounds, and somebody finally, what, uh, had a provable case against the guy. And then everybody went, oh, for shame. Oh, it's so horrible. But when he was pulling wagon loads of money into the city, nobody fucking cared. There was a guy in the... Well, he's... That's Harvey. That's just his way. Do you know James Travis? Yeah, I remember him. Okay, so he was in the songwriters group, and he then went on to get a PhD in... What? Do you know? Journalism Journalism. and ecology and... And he had a blog for a while about um, our connection to place and, like, our identities as it relates to geography Mm. and, like, how native names for things would connect you to the land like you would call um a town town by two rivers and Milwaukee. yes it would mean something and it would connect you to something and when you're talking about all this it reminds me of all the stadiums now that are not named for mm. like people that we connected to or they're all changed to like citibank stadium mm-hmm. Or the Pepsi celebration in Citibank Stadium. Yes, exactly. And it's how it's not we're unplugging from our connection to the places that we live in and the connection to each other. And it's your I agree with you is what I'm trying to say. It's all just like a rush of cash flowing through like a flood. And we're just sort of being overtaken by it and it's like we're just wallets we're just yeah wallets to be extracted from yeah. that's one of the gross things about the trump narrative is that people see him you know as the head honcho on his show saying you're fucking fired you're fired <laughs> Ooh, i still got my job because i'm a winner i win all the time it's all i do i win and i make profits big profits huge Itch. profits Profits are and, and uh good. You know, because he's that's <laughs> you know you look at that legacy and you think 
what what did what did you win what you know for himself it's clear but like for the rest of us here's a fun question now that we're rolling didn't he didn't his tax returns come out like in the last year or so I don't think they were ever the released Trump tax returns is he even rich do I we think- even know that I don't. I think he went bankrupt at least once. Like his businesses went bankrupt, but he's tax, he's evaded taxes for so. sure. And I, the people that I know that know more than I do about politics, think he will definitely be brought up in New York. He'll be taken to court and put in jail. Hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. That's how they got Al Capone tax evasion taxes. <laughs> Who knows? That Syphilis. <laughs> well, that. <laughs> That would be nice. No, I don't. I don't know if I wish syphilis in the guy. Uh, syphilis, I'm sure, can be guy, treated like, by I now. Even, I don't even think he's rich. I mean, it's just it's a it's a. He owns a lot of stuff. Yes. Does he have more than ten dollars in his he? checking account? Right. Who knows? Presidency pays pretty well. <sighs> Good speaking gigs afterwards. It's also fucking Ugh. fake. It's also fake. Hmm. Is that the end? Not quite as cynical as D on this issue, but cynical enough. Interesting to gauge our levels of cynicism as it relates to our levels of engagement. You know, something to think about. It's hard not to be disgusted with what's been happening. And there is this part of me that feels like, though, this is the world that we live in. Yes. yes. So if you want to participate. You don't have the luxury, really, of just saying, fuck all of this bullshit. You have to, you have to maybe take some kind of stand if you're going to. What kind of a stand do you take against the celebration show sponsored by Pepsi in Citibank Stadium? You don't watch it. You just don't watch the NFL? Right. You withdraw your support from the things that give you joy? Well, it doesn't give you joy anymore when when that stuff starts happening, if you feel strongly about it. If They've the result it. is then you gather with your neighbors and go play football, mm. then that's a win. Any number of thing, other ways you could you could spend your time. But again, I know it's not necessarily that easy for people who have a lot invested in it. And this is the thing that is really meaningful to them. It's maybe easier for me in that I was never that hardcore about it. But I remember going to a, I loved baseball at one point, and I, I thought, oh, we have a semi-pro team here, or whatever the Mallards. league is, the Mallards. It'd be great to go and see it. And, you know, a fucking song between every pitch and <laughs> throwing T-shirts out into the crowd. Oh, my God, and, dude, yes. Yeah, just the yes. obnoxious <laughs> yes. effort. Was there a game at all? Or have you ever been to a Mallards game? I Hot dogs know. running around I, the field. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, It dude. was hard it was... to tell. It was outrageous. <laughs> and it's a sad commentary just yeah. on our attention span. You know. You can't sit through a baseball game and the, just be bored and talk to each just, other. By yeah, the time you got stay to your, with the, yeah. by the time you get to your seat mm. at a Mallards game, you are carrying a bag full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Erasers and pennants and, and uh Erasers. Would someone just please throw this away for me. Unsharpened like, pencils. Car a, a window cling, a letter opener uh, with keychains. Yes. Y- yeah, you're just you're like, where did all this shit come from? I just walked in. I'm not even to my seat yet. But that, yeah, it's that bad. Yeah. Well, 
You you made a passionate point there a moment ago. Uh, I'm picturing Dan with his kids walking. <laughs> They've all like, got bags too. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> so much stuff. I forgot to bring my mule. I'm gonna throw all this shit away. Give me four beers, <laughs> just for me. You do they serve beer at Mallard's? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> my the company I used to work for. Oh my god. MSA Professional Services. We used to, our summer outing used to be renting a part of the duck blind. Oh yeah, just a big deck, and there we had you know waitresses bringing you drinks, and yeah, it is. It's like a frat party. Hmm. College kids paid to get into the duck blind just to drink unlimited beer. It oh. is it is Sodom and Gomorrah out there in the <laughs> duck blind. Uh, to the effect of, we don't have the luxury because this is our system. You know, it is we're stuck with it. You don't have the luxury to just say, "Well, fuck all this," and I'm out. Well, depends on who you are. Like, it's like being in a dysfunctional family to a degree. Sometimes it's healthier to put a boundary up and say, "Can't." And I do that. I do that all the time. You've just heard me do it for the last like hour and a half. Right. I'm just. It's all boundaries. I just can't. I can't. I can't anymore. Do you ever think about moving out of the country? No. So I couple things so i voted against the two-party system in this election i voted for joe jorgensen anybody know who that is no libertarian party candidate she pulled down Hmm. so i gotta get a shirt or a sticker that says don't blame me i voted for the woman uh, well i'm not gonna pull it up last time i looked though she she was at like 1.6 million nationwide Hmm. and the the Constitution Party guy was like 450,000, something like that. So when I'm sitting there in the voting booth, I'm like, why can't you guys team up? Constitution Party and Libertarian Party should team up, hmm. and then you'll break like the two million, and then we'll really have something going. If they can peel off some of the <coughs> fringier Democrats. Well, if people get sick of the system. Maybe it'll be a three-party system. Which would be a nice change. Will we see a break from the two-party gridlock sort of situation in our There has to be. I don't think it's going to arrive with the two. It has. Something has to change. Either a three-party system or some other format. I don't think the Democrats and Republicans are going to get out of this gridlock. What do you call that in wrestling where they're just... Grab, grabbing each other, each of them by the back of the neck and their foreheads are together and nobody's moving and like there's no winner. They're just locked. Are you talking about pro wrestling? Are you talking about... Because in pro wrestling, that's when they're talking to each other. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's, want- it's a lot easier to call for change and recognize that, you know, what's happening isn't working than, than to invent the alternative, you know, or su- even suggest an alternative. What's it look like specifically? I don't know. And 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 with it's like it's like the conversion from coal to whatever's next. So much. It happens gradually. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Bit by bit. Every year, another million, and then in forty years. I don't think the monopoly is broken. This isn't just. Pod clickbait without taking up arms. 
Mm. That's the only way you break this. Eh, disagree. Because it's if, owned. It is wholly someone... owned and operated. The two parties are a corporation. The debates are a corporation. What if there's someone who appeals to both sides, like The Rock? <laughs> That's Chris's solution. Okay. He wants no, to run. Johnson. That's a great idea. He wants to run for um, office at some point. He hasn't said which one, but someone right. who can appeal to both sides because they're so lovable. Right. Maybe they played heroes on the big screen, and before that, they were a lovable wrestler in the ring, and they have nationwide respect. Okay. Why isn't Oprah or The Rock I imagine president? O- I imagine Oprah... Is probably having too good a time not working super hard. Because it's fucking miserable and they make way more money (laughs) doing what they do. Being president. Who wants that? It's a tough job. Really tough. Yeah, but if you're passionate about politics. I don't think she is. Right. She wants to talk with, you know. Authors, poets. The Dalai Lama and Brene Brown. She doesn't want to go live in the White House. Yeah. She'd have a fucking kick-ass garden, though, if she lived in that White House. (laughs) She'd probably have like camels and zebras on the front lawn. Could we? We would look under. I lived in the White House. You're sounding. You're just starting to sound like Neverland. I would. No, no, not Neverland. Oh my god, my White House would be so amazing. Your White House. Yeah, there'd be so many musicians coming to stay. A lot of candles. So many candles. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and like a trampoline in the backyard for my kids. A zip line. And your advisors. Are you taking notes? I don't know. I don't know if we break this cycle, this monopoly. We do. Maybe not our generation, but it'll happen. Our, the kids that we're raising are smarter than we are. So they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. No, I don't like that. We're not going to go that way. Joe Jorgensen. People can learn. Yielded 1,797,000 votes. Okay. 1.2%. Howie Hawkins of the Green Party yielded 372,000. Yeah, so she just needs to get to 29%. To what? Get on the debate stage? To have three par- parties, 29, like 30, 30, 30. Well, I'm going to lay down on the couch and listen. <laughs> mm. Okay. No, I'm just going to keep talking. Okay. In perpetuity. No. They spot me while I play as a fly enthusiasm aimed at your end. Scan the floor for one tap and door bobbing here. Very signal coming back on the same level for Rick frequency wavelength. How's the reception connection? Don't flip the dial, that's your performance. Here's commercial free. Here's commercial free. Only thing for sale up here is me and my seat. If you're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, but I need a new remote. I point and click, point click, flip around, fold it more. Would it be too much entirely to expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely? What?
Yes. Boys, what up,